0: We don't want the same things for the most part. For the most part. So, yes, we also want to feel vice versa, both of it. However, fundamentally, women really open up when they feel safe, Mm. when they feel like their man has not got a wandering eye and is texting the woman on his Instagram and sliding into her DMs when she's not watching. Women don't want to feel that. They want to feel safe in the relationship. Mm. Men want to be free, they want to be able to send their energy and be present with what's right in front of them and follow the highest excitement. They want to feel the sense of freedom. Now, I've noticed that when I have grasped to love, when I have grasped it with me entirely, my being, I've held onto it and I've created a possessive person so and a much. friend, why are you saying this? And why are you texting this person? And like, I've grasped onto it with white knuckles.
1: Hi, my name is Aggie and this is Biohacking Bestie. The one-stop shop for a modern queen where you can find biohacking courses, self-growth courses, and where you can find the most incredible community of women so you can hit all of your biohacking goals and beyond. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, today on Biohacking Bestie, we have one of my dearest friends and someone I look up to so dearly. My friend. Hello. Welcome, girl. Thank you. Uh, I want to start with a text message I sent to you not too long ago, actually. About three weeks ago. And it says, Blue, you know how much I love you. And I love how wise you are. But today, I saw you practice what you preach. And it was when it was awkward and very hard. And I really admired that. And that is integrity. I think we need to see more of in the spiritual community. Because you actually practice what you preach when it sucks. And first of all, bravo. I love you. (laughs) Second of all, how the fuck do we practice what we preach? (laughs) So hard. It's so much easier to just talk, you know, go on a podcast, be spiritual,
0: do better. Then. Crickets. Uh huh. Well, first and foremost, I have absolutely loved the moments where Aggie has sprinkled your magical reflections towards me uh, from coming back, covered in dust at Burning Man and having my heart broken and then coming back to my tent and there being a little letter on my pillow from you, which I still have, by the way, on my altar. And those little text messages that you just send that really just is a testament that you're truly listening and not just with your ears, but with the entirety of your being and how... I have been received by you up until this point has been nothing short of an absolute gift. And so thank you for those moments of either a letter or a text message of acknowledgement. It like touches me in a really deep way. So I love that you open this entire podcast with like opening up that text message that I received from you recently. And
1: I mean it and I also feel very seen by you. I think in the, uh, you know, I am blonde, I'm a woman, I'm an immigrant. People kind of dismiss me from the start. And don't treat me seriously. And that makes me sometimes go into my masculine energy or like energy of proving. And I with you, I don't feel like I need to prove anything. And you just saw my light when no one else did, like a year ago. It was like, come on my
0: podcast, I see you.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, it doesn't even make any sense to me from my perspective of how people don't see where I'm like, Are you blind What is this with control? Oh my God. Come on, um, but to refer back to your first question of like, what does it actually truly mean to walk a path of integrity? Well, I think that there's two different energetics. There's, there's knowledge and knowledge doesn't actually sit in the body. Knowledge kind of floats out here. This is a seminar we take or the book that we read or the spiritual workshop we went to, whatever it is. The ayahuasca ceremony that gave us all of the cosmic downloads and I'll never be the same again. But hold on. It is still knowledge. It is not wisdom yet wisdom is when you actually integrate that knowledge so if in the ayahuasca somebody it showed you to drink more water and stretch in the morning and clean your room but like very basic downloads but still uh, important then if you actually don't take action steps on those things and they just float outside of you as knowledge but to actually become the medicine to be an integrated embodiment of everything you've ever learned is when the knowledge turns into wisdom is the art of integration is the actually applying it and i think that there is this rampant energetics of spiritual superiorism in the spiritual community in a woke community or whatever you want to call it is that oh well because i did five days in the darkness and i've drank ayahuasca 15 times i'm way more spiritually superior than you
1: as if also like very something that i pointed out to myself There is no such thing as more spiritual and less spiritual from that because it's also like ego, right? We're better and worse instead of like I'm on my path here and you're on your path here. And so the way we, you know, we can just see it that way instead of more spiritual, less spiritual. We don't really know,
0: right? Well, it does exist in people's psyche and it does exist and it's rampant in the spiritual community. And to be perfectly honest, the only moment that we have for the rest of our lives is right now. And how are we treating the person in front of us and how... Are we giving our time and full presence, and how much are we listening and recognizing? Like Maya Angelou said, like people won't remember what you wore, people won't remember what you said, people will always remember how you made them feel. And if you can mm-hmm. give your full time and attention and presence, recognizing every single God is wrapped, every single person is God wrapped in physical form. So if I'm standing in front of you mm-hmm. and you're giving me your undivided attention. It would be the greatest gift and honor that I could just see you in that moment. Yeah. Whether it's you or whether it's the person opening the door for me or whether it's the person that is giving Joshua f- here, it. It. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, I, I even, you know, met met these incredible people that are working with you and gave them a big hug when I first met them yeah. because, you know, it, it creates this beautiful connection and it allows all of the, the wisdom teachings really what comes down to it. And it sounds pretty cliche, but it comes down to love and to create yeah. a beautiful life. Is many, many, many small decisions, millions of minute decisions in the mundane. That's Down- what it is. Integrity is doing the
1: right thing in those tiniest little moments when no one is looking, right? And even when somebody is looking, but I think it's like one thing that inspired me. First of all, I followed you before we became friends and I had a girl crash, spiritual girl crash that's like even better because <laughs> I wanted to be her <laughs> back on steroids and Obviously, it's they say never to meet your idols, but meeting you was just like, um, well, I was like <laughs> professing my love here again. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was just like, wow, like you are even more. What would be there? More like delicious in person. That would be the. <laughs> you're really delicious in person. You just like you really live in that place of lightness, and I think we often get so spiritual that we get very serious and very you know we analyze everything you know just woke up today and I think it was a sign for me to do x y and z and we just like over intellectualize our experience instead of just being in our bodies and being like yo but this we're meant to be having fun over here you know
0: well, you can be biohacking till kingdoms come. But if you're waking up with a frown on your face and you're following any spiritual gurus that don't know how to laugh, then we're missing the whole point. Yes. Which really, which but the, is the... The, the thing like I believe the core fundamental magic of biohacking and actually truly living a, a vital, vital life is to create a new barometer of what success is based off of how much did I laugh today? Yeah. Really the... what it comes down to is like every 75 trillion cells of our body are just listening to respond. To our internal thoughts and our conversation, and one of the greatest diseases on the planet is over seriousness. Our cells literally shut down. Narr- feeding the narrative of over seriousness. Now, I'm not saying that there are not serious things that are happening on the planet, 1,000%. But who are you being from the moment you wake up to the moment that you make your bed to the doing the dishes to making the breakfast? We could either be super frown, worrying about future or past timelines being in the stress response looking at all my to-do lists or i could be playing the Bee gees and dancing while i'm doing the dishes now in the in-between moments who are you being which will create a miraculous life which will also feed vitality into every aspect of your being so play is actually the genius that has been so lost by so many of us.
1: and so how do you make your bed oh <laughs> well-
0: can you give us a tutorial <laughs> I believe that we can only create as far as our imagination is willing to go. And um, I have a pretty vivid imagination. Uh, And in the morning, I could either like make my bed and just be like, oh, I've got made my bed. It's like a dream. Or what I like to do is I visualize that I am on a TV show and there is a golden buzzer. And I am in competition with another woman who's Swedish and she's like type A. She's like, this is all in my imagination, by the way. And there is like a buzzer that we have to press. And there's, there's a panel of judges and they have numbers. And we're judged on two things. The first thing is how fast you'd make it. And the second second thing is how well made it is. Like how tight it yeah. is. So I press this golden buzzer and I get into this like freak out mode that I'm, I'm competing against this is destroyers and I'm going to make my bed meticulous and I'm running around, I'm sweating, I'm laughing, I'm tripping over things. And then right when I'm done, I hit the golden buzzer and then I wait for the panel of judges to tell me who won. I'd say 95% of the time I win. But, um, the... but sometimes Lily is like, sometimes Lily barks at me. I trip over something. I'm not on my A game and the Swedish will wins. But it's fine because I'm like, tomorrow I'll get you. So ultimately, there's two different paths, right? I'm going to make my bed regardless. But who am I when I'm making my bed? I can be over worrying or, or be in that over seriousness. Or I could actually bring it and the play and the game into it. And it's just a mundane moment. But it's actually recognizing that always consciously or unconsciously we're manifesting. And we're manifesting based off of the universe doesn't give you what you want. The universe gives you who you are. So if I'm going. Like Jeff. "Ah." Yeah. There's excitement around making my bed. Well, the universe is going to give me more of who I am in that moment, which is things to be that excited. People have such
1: a hard time understanding this. They say, I want great things. I want things to change. I really want a beautiful family and a beautiful house. Like, what the fuck? And they're like, nothing is happening. And so the, the difference between saying you want things and being a vibrational match is a big difference. And what, how would you explain it very clearly? Because I feel like this is a big part of what I'm teaching because I need to learn this. Mm-hmm. You know, you teach what you need to learn. So I'm like learning, okay, how do I truly become a vibrational match mm-hmm. to all of my heart's desires, mm-hmm. right? And not stress the small stuff.
0: I, I was having a, friend, a conversation with my friend Mia Magic the other day and she was sitting there and she was like, I've been looking for um for my new home and I've been sending magic up to manifest it and I've been doing rituals and I put my altar out and this home is just not showing up. And yet while she was staying with me, like I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but like there there's a slob nature to her, like not cleaning up her dishes, not cleaning up after herself and kind of leaving little messes everywhere and um and so I reflected to her. I was like, well, Lakshmi can never visit a home where there's still dishes needed to be done. Lakshmi is the Hindu goddess of financial prosperity and abundance. And she will never visit a home if there's wilted flowers on the altar. We need to clean up our space. If you want to be a vibrational match to that that you're calling in, you must have to be a match. But there's no way that your dream home is going to find you when your house is a tip. When you're not actually making a bed and the dishes are piling up and there's so many things that I'm just avoiding, the avoidance means that you're, what you want to create is avoiding you too. We have to come back to a vibrational essence, not from we're constantly living in some sort of future timeline thinking, well, if I do this, this and this and I'll get what I want. No, we must be the essence of what it is that we want to create. So, for example, if you want to manifest your dream partner, be every single quality that you're calling in in a partner. Go create what it is that you want to go create. Go dress what makes you feel sexy and alive and empowered. Can we, can we zoom in that bra <laughs> Maybe my Prince Charming's watching this episode. <laughs> your oh, hi, boy. I'm over here. Just dress it in my finest. Where you gonna find me? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. A little skin.
1: <laughs> oh, I love what you're doing. They just covered yourself up, just like a see-through thing going no, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You don't know what's going on under here. Oh, Hi. Okay, anyways, that's another subject. <laughs> no, but it's really just I think it's Oh, <laughs> you're leaving. You're like, okay, bye. Well, I'm gonna take my hearing aids out because it's not driving me nuts, one second. It's so much nicer without them. I wear hearing aids, that's the fun fact. Like You don't I, hear me. It's just okay, great. One of them was broken, so I'm like really off the center and then the other one's really loud. So I just I'm just gonna wing it. Okay, cool.
1: Hi. Hi. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. So funny. Uh,
1: okay. Great. Um, yeah, great. <laughs> right. I'm like, where do I go from there? Uh, well, the importance of play, I think it's like I'm so guilty of not knowing how to play. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to play. I want to have fun. But I, I have lost. And I mean, I've relearned. I'm still relearning. Mm-hmm. But two years ago, I'm like, I have no time for this fucking play. I have a job to do and work you guys go fucking play which is then when I would say you need to play twice as much exactly because yeah. I was just so angry at people that were having fun. like fuck these people mm-hmm. I, like like who has time to play yeah. you should be working right and so that resentment was beautiful feedback for me that I really annoyed me when people got things easy well why did they get it so easy you meant to be working really hard for mm-hmm.
0: everything that you have when I talk about play I trigger the shit out people online Oh, I was sad. Because I'm a white presenting woman and it, it, it goes into, well, she's privileged. But actually, I think it's easy to project on to, uh, onto my conversation around play when we have become so disconnected from it in a sense of, well, well, she doesn't have any problems. So she, she, she can play all the time hell, I just took my hearing aids out. I'm going 70% deaf. I'm navigating the world of the past seven years of dec- my hearing massively decreasing. I don't have one of my senses and I navigate the world. Now I could have chosen two paths around it. Everybody is suffering something, something that we don't know anything about. So I'm not coming from this like, position of well i just don't have any problems so i can play all day it's recognizing yes there's going to be the different seasons in life there's going to be the death the purification the rebirth the integration the death the purification the rebirth the integration with cyclic humans we go through these cycles there's going to be shit that hits the fan constantly um however the ability to play and re-infuse the in-between mundane moments with something that actually brings us or reconnects us to that eternal child the creative adult is the child that survived And we all have that child within us, but we were told that we've got to be X, Y, and Z. We've been projected on from the moment that we were born and we've been shudded on by so many people that we've become so disconnected with who it is that we are that we've actually forgotten the meaning of life.
1: Yes, and you know, my first ayahuasca journey, uh, she came to me and she said, can I tell you why you're not a mom yet? I'm like, okay, well, why did it not happen? And she said that so far... If I had a child, I would try to make it a, a, like a young adult. I would try to teach him how to be an adult. But for us to have children is for them to remind us that we're kids. Mm-hmm. And they're here to remind us that the core of who we are is joy. And so she like, unless you understand that the child is a gift for you to go back to your the core of who you are, mm-hmm. then you're not ready to be a parent. And I was like,
0: mm-hmm. exactly. The so only, only person ever that I want to impress ever in my life is my five-year-old self. That's it. Little so show My five-year-old self on my altar and I check in with her and I'm like, okay, how am I doing? She'll look at me. She'll be like, yeah, actually, you're pretty proud of you. I'm like, okay, cool. We're good. We're good. That's the only person I want to impress. Uh, outside of that, it's none of my business. Um, yeah. But it's funny how we try to impress
1: people on Instagram. And as I, I thought I didn't care, but the more work I do, the more I realize the thought process that happens oh should I do this because I wonder if I could get a take like good photo there from a trip or I wonder if that's going to be perceived I'm like oh like I noticed these thoughts I was like it's almost like scary that they're still float in my consciousness
0: so this is the journey I think that we all go through as we continue to actually truly reclaim our power and it's recognizing where in my life am I living from the outside in and and actually recognizing my manifestation abilities based off of my energy is living from the inside out. And social media is rampant for this. This is a great example. Social media is set up specifically because we get those serotonin and dopamine hits when we see that we've got a notification or when we see that someone we have a crush on is watching our stories or when we see that somebody has commented on our posts and it's these tiny little hits. Now, if there's more serotonin and dopamine being released through our social media app than in our actual reality, we start to get hooked. Now that whole app is designed off of external validation. Validation from something from the outside in. So we start creating content. Ego driven. It's like the ego ego app. If ego created an app, it would create Instagram. Likes, followers. Mm -hmm. uh, And the blue tick. Talk about hierarchy. Very important person. That makes me sick to the core of my being. When someone's a very important person, VIP, that they have something that somebody else doesn't, it creates this hierarchy and it's continuing to perpetuate the patriarchy that we have in our consciousness. Someone saying that, oh, well, this is a VIP section and this is a regular section, you're saying that not everybody's important, important, that these are very important because they make more money or because they paid $8,000 for a verified tick and these people are not as important because they don't have this. This is really problematic. It's creating a hierarchy in our consciousness and it's saying, we're walking around with these invisible numbers, uh, oh, like these in, these numbers yeah. above our head that says 1 million followers. Oh, but 400 followers. Oh, she hasn't got a tick. Oh, well, then she's probably less than yeah so And I've we're perpetuating this hierarchy model, which is actually going to crumble from the foundation because it doesn't actually support equality of life. And it's so funny because it, it took me years
1: of working with a spiritual teacher to understand how deeply ingrained that is uh, in ways of like, oh, this person's so much more successful than me. It's like, define successful. I'm like, oh, it's, oh yeah, it is money when I say that. I was like, oh, because if I was using your example, like this person doesn't smile a lot or doesn't laugh. So clearly they're not successful. I don't care how much money they make. They're clearly not like connected to the source. So fuck that. Like that's not my definition of success. So it took me so much unlearning to understand. I don't care how many followers you have. Like, who are you? Are you happy? Are you like, Do you make me feel good for for my nervous system? Because maybe you can be all you want, but my nervous system is like on eggshells, right?
0: And to be a successful person, I believe, is to how relaxed does your nervous system feel in the presence of that individual? Yeah. I don't give a fuck how many followers you got online. When I meet you, how does my nervous system feel? That's literally what success is how much did I laugh today how can I support people to feel inspired in my presence to believe in themselves and a little bit more the real flex is how many people can we inspire to empower them into their most the most best version of themselves the most liberated unbridled like un sort of I mean in uninhabited fully expressed side of themselves that really is the biggest flex that's out there and I've met so many people that I'd have like this crazy following online and then you meet them in person. It's like, wah, wah, <laughs> right? It's like, what would it look like to recognize that this person standing in front of me is like, how how relaxed do I feel when I'm around them? How seen do I feel when I'm around them? How, how much in service are they are to the people in the space? Now, this to me is that irresistible magnetic frequency. So it's not about what you do. It's about who you be while you do it that creates the magnetism. And it's what, you know, when people
1: I don't like this whole idea of beautiful or not beautiful, but what truly makes us beautiful, it's not that our eyes are even or proportional, or whatever. It's it has a lot to do with how how much love you show yourself. So I believe like doing your hair or whatever it might be to you, just like like you said about the house. It's tidying your house. So I think, yes, I don't care about the looks in terms of like making myself beautiful to the standards, but I also wanna make sure that I just clean myself up and i feel like that feminine and you know i feel like oh i feel good if you know if i didn't wash my hair and showed up and you know and my pjs i would probably feel like oh my home hasn't been taken care of i'm not ready to step into the world to serve because i need to like fill my own cup right and understanding that is really important um and i have so many questions for you uh next one would be how this is going to be a change of uh, subject, but um, I really would love your expertise. And I think you are hands down the best person walking the talk. And that is the sister one. Say that again. Sister one. Uh-huh. And so I have felt that a lot of my like negative feedback, so to say, not to say hate, often comes from Polish women. And it's really hurtful. And I... want women? Polish. Polish women. Every time I have, like, a really, really mean comment, a Polish woman. And I feel like there's a part of me, like, we're all sisters as women, but especially if someone from my country, like, it hurt, it, it really hurts extra deep. And so I don't want to create the story all, all Polish women are terrible because that's not true. But I also feel like I might have a degree of sister wound that I am trying to heal because I don't often feel safe around a lot of women. And you are a living example of opposite. And I'm like, how?
0: (laughs) Well, first and foremost, um, the sister wound runs in pretty much every woman. It's really deep. It's an insidious wound. And Mm -hmm. it creates this continuous separation between us and other women, specifically when you have a woman in her power. When you have a woman that's not afraid to express her truth, when you have a woman that's dancing and she's wearing this fabulous red dress and being hurled through the air by a hunky men online, aka okay, you. Um, you when you when you have women that are truly in their fullest expression, what it's going to do is it's gonna trigger and highlight within other women where it is that they're not fully expressed. So when you pick up an orange and you squeeze it, orange juice comes out. When do okay. you squeeze somebody full of pain, no, but let me tell you why I'm going out here. If you if you pick up someone full of pain and you squeeze them, pain comes out, right? <laughs> so It wasn't a cooking reference. I mean, it was, but... <laughs> yeah, actually is better than, than squeezing someone with pain, but um, what I'm trying to say here is that if the comments, the haters, the people that are pointing their finger, it says more about the person than it does about the person they're talking about. And they're just in pain. Hurt people hurt people. And the sister wound dates back like, to the time between three and nine million women were executed for being a witch, a.k.a. having a relationship with nature, um, having a relationship with herbal medicines, having a relationship with energy or Reiki or, you know, communicating with the elements. Any of this or witch, you're done. Intuition, witch. Yeah, 100%. But to not. To make sure that you weren't executed and that your family stayed safe, the one way to to maintain that to be ha- to be to happen, is to rat out your sister. So, oh, well, no, no, don't get me. I'm not a witch, but she is, and I can prove it. Well, so, what's happened here would, okay. is there's a deep sister wound that, for me to survive, I have to rat you out. And there's also this deep belief inside of us that. We will survive in this life if we find a man that's going to take care of us. He's going to provide for us. He's going to give us um, his money so that we can survive. So now I'm competing with my sisters to make sure I get the man. So there's a very, very deep wound of, well, with with a sister wound around the witch hunt, there's also our survival based off of the patriarchy that's constructed that turns us against each other because it's all competition. Mm -hmm. So now, even if it's not in this lifetime, what the only thing we came into this lifetime with was our memory from past lives and past experiences. So all of a sudden, now I'm in the presence of a powerful woman. A, that means I'm not going to survive. B, it means I may die because, uh, because of this experience. So we go into fight or flight mode. Now, Based off of you being the trigger and the fight or flight mode comes up, you're going to be the reason for my pain. So I'm going to come up with the worst thing I can think of to say to you because you're triggering this feeling that I may just die. And so I'm going to say the fucking worst stuff. And hopefully it penetrates. Now, once we actually see it from this perspective, we take the personal lens off of it. Uh, oh, because I did something, or maybe because she's right, maybe I should stop saying that, maybe I should be quiet, but actually recognizing, oh, that person actually needs even more love. And sometimes the people that need the most love have the weirdest ways of asking for it. So, take like the personal lens off of it and be like, oh, okay, like I hear you, sister, I feel your pain. We're in a simulation, I'm just reflecting some sort of asset, essence back again. Yeah.
1: And I think for me, it's also showing every time someone's attacking me, it shows me, oh my God, I reflect back on those minor situations where I wasn't having another woman's back as much. Mm-hmm. Or that I took things personally and stuff. And so you really inspired me when mm-hmm. you said like not too long ago that I was like, oh, she's my sister. I don't know her. But I I have to take her she's side. Cool. And I was like that's so interesting. You know, obviously, you don't want to share the context, but it was context of someone who you didn't have the right to like. Mm-hmm. But you were like, I'm choosing what she has to say. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, so beautiful that give your sister a benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. over a guy.
0: Right. And it was like, and guys are going to come and go. Like, they're just coming and go. But like, really, actually, what's important is your sisters are going to be there this whole time and mm-hmm. love the people in your life really well. And redirect your energy from those one, like there'll be like a thousand comments on your post and there'll be like, what, five that are like, and usually our conscious awareness will go to the ones that are like, and then we'll send all of our energy towards that. But what would it look like to redirect our energy from those haters into loving the people that actually understand us even more?
1: Yes, this is, this is something I'm just learning because I heard you speak about that But I have a couple, we all have this couple, I don't want to use the word followers because it it triggers me, people that come to our Instagram, you know, but it's like this whole followers follow, you know, whatever. So people that come to our Instagram regularly and they tag you every day and it's almost like gets a little bit like, oh, they're always there, you know, like you feel like they're always there. And so you often spend a lot of time thinking about haters without realizing that the ones that are always there, like we should have, and you should give them some extra love. Like these are the people that genuinely are like making my day. And so I started leaving voice notes to all these from like, Hey, I know you, I just like fucking love that you're here every single day and always leave a comment. And sometimes I just feel like, Oh, it's still the same person. But at the same time, I have, I have a core group of people that like, I would just say I have a, I talk to more often than most of my friends because they're just there every day. I'm just like, hey, rooting for you,
0: you know. It's just beautiful in a way. and it went. so how much more um, supportive and effective is it that, that you just sent your life force energy, the most precious thing you could ever give anybody, which is your time, and you focused it on nourishing those that really do actually understand you and have your back? Yeah. And... We can, I I mean, I for sure, I'm not going to lay on my deathbed and be like, oh, you know what? I'm so happy that I spent that much time arguing with strangers on the internet. (laughs) Like, forget that. That's awesome. Hell no. I can't say it on my deathbed, but I will say on my deathbed, I'm so happy I spent so much time loving the people that really cared for me.
1: Yeah. And I think it's just like putting that energy in everything we do. We are often doing, and even Dave Asprey said it not too long ago on a podcast, that he has this company, 40 years of Zen, where he has big executives helping him heal. Um, Who is it? Dave Asprey. Uh-huh. Like the biohacker. The guy you were <laughs> really excited for to come on the <laughs> no, podcast. I was just like trying to... Uh, <laughs> kind of people. Uh, but the funny thing, he basically said that all these CEOs come to his company to rewire his brain because they're proving some uh, like they're proving they're worth to bullies from a sixth grade and they're 40, 50 years old, right? Because we, we somewhat feel like the proving, and I want you to talk about the energy of proving because it's like once I noticed that the energy behind anything I do changes the outcome, that means to me more than what I do, you know? Am I doing the podcast because everyone's doing a podcast and I should have one right now, you know, because it's a cool thing to grow and whatever? Or do I feel like, I want to have a conversation with you in front of my audience because I love these people and I love you. I want you to meet. It's almost like mm-hmm. you guys should meet, you know? Mm-hmm. And so very different energy. My first podcast was a little bit like, oh, that's a cool thing to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And then so really adjusting that energy because I understand like, oh, it really will change what the outcome of these things are. And the energy of proving is, is depleting.
0: And also, yes, when you're in LA, everyone and their mama got a podcast. But when actually I leave LA, not everybody has a podcast. And it is really just our little microclimate. But recognizing also that we've placed the narrative in the hands of those that have an agenda for so long. But actually, let's get a mic in front of the mouths of those that are speaking from the heart and as many as we possibly can. We have a lot of people to empower into their own greatness and we can get as many people that are speaking from their heart's truth through the podcast as possible fair play but some sort of belief in competition like my podcast against your podcast or andre's podcast or whatever it's actually a complete dishonoring of the fact that we're all speaking on the same team here we're all speaking on the revolution of actually empowering people to love all aspects of their own nature So I'm stoked that all my friends have got podcasts because it it means that there's there's a message that's going out in the world that is actually a message of the heart, not the mind.
1: Mm, Beautiful. Would you be able to share that moment with you? Because I think back of the moments where I've just moved to LA. I was ready to like step into my power. My environment didn't reflect that. I would go to the gym listening to YouTube videos of Tony Robbins, you know, that was really motivating back in the day. And just dreaming that one day I will be able to have a deep conversation with a friend that I know, not just listening to wise people on the Internet or reading books, you know. And so I'm wondering, can you remember that transition moment for you when you were at that point where you knew you're capable of more. You're ready to attract all of these beautiful people, but your environment wasn't reflecting that and you needed to, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. read books or listen or whatever.
0: Um, It takes time. This is not something that's a season. This is a life's work. And a life's work is a path of devotion to always choosing your higher self or they're always choosing that that enriches you or at least have the discernment of what the difference um and I think that if you want to see what's going on internally with somebody then look at their external reality look at their relationship look at their living environment like I'm not saying how nice the living environment is but how clean and, and present it is with whatever it is that you have um and I think that over time well first and foremost yeah, we can sit in a goddess circle and be like, I'm calling in my higher self and I'm going to burn away all that's not serving and I'm going to write it down and put it into the fire of transmutation and it's going go to go the core into the next and I'm going to be in my power. It's like, hold on. First and foremost, everything that's not in vibrational alignment with that vision of yourself has to fall. Anyways. Otherwise, you have no room to actually align yourself with what you want to create, so... The relationships that are not serving, the um the way that you speak to yourself, uh, the way where you live, like all of these things start being put in jeopardy when you make a declaration of being like, I'll do whatever it takes to stand in my power. Are you sure you'll do whatever it takes? Because the journey of spiritual or the spiritual path of self-awareness is not up. It's down, in, and then up. So we've got to face off with all parts of ourselves that's not in vibrational alignment with a version that we said that we are. And so when I'm doing, you know, new moon gatherings with my sisters and we have this big fire and we're placing into the fire that that we're releasing, we've got the drum and we're singing songs and we're under the full moon and we're really in that ritual magic, we put a massive disclaimer that what you have just written on that piece of paper that you we, we create a tunnel of all the women and all the women are bearing witness to the woman that walks down the tunnel and to the fire and we're we're playing the drum and the full moon's right above us and we say be mindful that what you are about to release will start to leave your life and all that is not actually serving you is going to start crumbling and this can be very discombobulating this can be very painful because we have attachments to those relationships we have attachment to those people we have attachment to that home we have an attachment to that identity that has been constructed since the moment we were born however when it does actually start to fall away we have accountability we have sisterhood we have a loving environment that supports with those emotions to be present so that then I the recalibration go. happens then yeah. then you actually do start to step into your power so it's a journey it's a life's work now, a season and
1: it's so funny i got uncomfortable when you started talking about it because hey i've seen you do it you know moving places like really just saying goodbye to to people in your life that didn't serve you. I've been there too. Like we've all been there, right? And it's just, it's really, really, really hard because it's, again, another thing you, uh, I remember you told me is about, there. I asked, we had this game back in the day. We had this game, it was called When the Game? And I brought it to Bloom. And the question in that game was that I created, there are two kinds of people in this world. What do you think are they? And I ask you this question. Mm -hmm. And do you remember what you said? What was it? Two kinds of people in this, uh, on this planet, what are they? 200 people on this planet. Two kinds of people? There are two kinds oh, of people. Oh, the two kind of people on this planet. Do you remember what you said? No. You said the the victors and the victims.
0: Oh yeah, the creators and the victims.
1: Yeah, yeah. and then so creators and the victims. And I was like, fuck yeah. And I think it's really, you have to be somewhat like, really honest. It's like, is this person and their victim mentality? they are and it's that's the one thing that makes it really really hard for me to stay in those friendships I'm like I can forgive everything but if you're so committed to your victim mentality it's really hard to build friendships and you have to call people out and if and say please call me out like I don't want to live in victimhood right like I want to be the creator of my reality so I want you to talk a little bit about that because I think it's it broke a lot of like friendships for me Mm -hmm. uh in a way and yeah Just tell me. There are two kinds of people on the planet.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's uh, creative consciousness and victim consciousness. And some of the people that have achieved the greatest things that are so deeply inspiring have had the most challenging upbringing, like really painful experiences, things I would never wish upon anybody. And yet what they chose to do with it is they said, I am not going to be the victim of this. I'm going to create something beautiful from this. And recognizing our greatest challenge is also our greatest gift. Always, every single time. I can't hear, but I hear mother the most. Like yeah. I don't physically hear what is all the words necessarily, but I feel with the entirety of my being, dimensions that are so far beyond just the just the words.
1: Is that funny that we love the hero story in everybody else? We love the vulnerability. I love your story of hearing. But if someone said, "Do you want it?" I'm like, "Oh no, I don't, I don't." Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Is that funny?
0: Well, Wait, that w- say that again. Sorry, I didn't quite hear. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> which alright. Like,
1: we love vulnerability in other people Mm -hmm. and I love your story and how you overcome and everything that I believe I love about you came from your attitude to your hearing sickness, but yet I wouldn't want that myself. Like, it's so funny how we are very selective. We think that we want the growth, but we just want like the, we want to grow through, we want to grow through easy things when in reality, it's the hardship that really makes us mm-hmm. who we need to become. Yeah, it's
0: it, every single person on the planet is going to be dealt some really gnarly cards in this life, like really difficult cards, whatever it may be. And everybody's going through something and suffering through something that you know nothing about. Everybody, and so really it's the just, biggest
1: gift. Like instead of thinking like, "Oh no, can't believe it's happening to me. Why am I not this?" Instead of like. What if that very thing that you actually fucking hate in your life, whether it's, like, you know, not being able to hear, not being able to get a job, not uh, being able to leave the country, whatever it is, it's your greatest gift. Can you use it to your advantage?
0: Right, because everything has two sides of the same coin. Everything's on a vibrational scale. It's a spectrum. So there's the shadow, there's the gift, and then there's the enlightened aspect. Yes, it talks about it in the Gene Keys. Shout out Richard Rudd. So, I do want to ask you about that. So it's like, um. What our challenge is, if we create the narrative or the story that this is happening to me, I am a victim of it and there's nothing that I can do. I'm going to blame the world as to why things are the way that they are. Then we don't, the second we blame is the second we give all of our power away to do anything about it. If I blame you for triggering me, A, I don't have any power to shift yeah. what my own internal state is i'm not trusting the trigger to teach me i'm i'm saying it's because of you why i feel this way and i'm also dis- be, i'm dishonoring you i'm dishonoring myself i'm i'm dishonoring everybody in the space now the gift of grace is the frequency that's devoid of all blame if you want to be creative consciousness stop blaming everything outside of you as to why the way that they are if i hear a man that's going oh my ex girlfriend's are crazy You're the common denominator, you're the common denominator, where's any kind of element of ownership? Like we've got to take some degree of ownership, this is a massive red flag, I've heard this so many times, oh my exes are crazy, nah but you're the common denominator, y'all like where's the ownership? (laughs) Yeah. Blaming the world? No, this is victim consciousness. We are all gonna be dealt certain cards in this life, are we blaming the external world as to why they are the, the way that they are, or are we actually taking radical ownership? the ones that have gone through the toughest upbringing and took ownership and, and empowered themselves into believing life is happening for me have created some of the biggest things on this planet that I am right. still humbled by. Yeah. The pendulum has to swing both ways. If it goes really dark, it can also go really, really light. But this is the, this is the thing is if you want to create the world that, that feels good for your core being, stop blaming.
1: And it's always like my parents that I'm from Poland or whatever the story it is, we're so good at creating stories to justify Mm -hmm. our uh, inability to take ownership of our life. We're just like experts, you know, Mm -hmm. we can turn every story. Oh, you know, she has it easy because she's white and she speaks English or whatever. I, you know, I can also think that way. I'm like, well, I'm still like, you know, English isn't my first language. It's much harder for me to... Um, make it in the U.S. than other people. And then I'm like, one day I woke up, I'm going to be the next Sofia Vergara. I will use my accent and my completely broken grammar to to basically just make it my thing. And it just completely changes the thing that I was embarrassed about. I'm like, oh, I can't speak. I just say, I just said to Dave Asprey, I want to snuggle his book in a <laughs> smuggle. <laughs> Whatever. But it's like, it's... I can be embarrassed. I can be like, oh, it's actually kind of hot that I said that. It's cute. Whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like using everything to your advantage. And so for you, it was hearing. But is there any other shadow that you turn into your greatest? Oh, so many.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just put on a nice white dress and pretend like I've got it all figured out. P.S. I don't know what the truth is. I'm not saying I know- my words are right. I'm not saying that I know the truth with a capital T. My teacher once said to me that I really deeply resonate with. I don't know what the truth is, but I know what love feels like. And I follow that. I live my entire life by that. I don't know what the truth is. Don't take what I'm saying as the truth, the way. It's not. It's what supports and resonates with me. But but it's it's truth, what feels true to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the piece. It's like always invite it to feel into the body. If the body resonates, amazing. If the body doesn't resonate, amazing. Find your own truth. Find what it is that actually lights you up from the inside out. Stop pedestaling someone like me or you because we have a podcast or because I can articulate myself in a certain mm-hmm. way. It's not like what I'm here to share. Because that creates the character. This hierarchy. 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 The, the, the Instagram thing again, right? It's yeah. Like, it's how like can we deconstruct and- the hierarchy that we've created and create a circle? So we move from hierarchy to heterarchy. We're moving into actually everybody has a piece, everybody contributes, and then we can actually live in an abundant way. I mean, there's there's many complexities to that, too, and that's a whole different podcast in itself. Um, great. But <laughs> my more of my shadows, oh, I mean, I could talk on a daily basis. I'm a highly distracted individual. I can. It's also in my gene keys, the shadow of distraction. It's also the gift of intoxication. If I'm not distracted. I give you my full presence. I'm going to intoxicate you with my presence. When I'm distracted, I'm going to suck energy out of the space. Like I'm just going to be like all over the place, look left, right and center. I'm not going to be fully present. And it's gonna be like, oh, they like literally drain energy out of the space. Um and then um I definitely still work through pieces of unweightiness. Yeah, obviously.
1: But like and, I'm just curious, like, you know, what are the ones that
0: I mean have the there's best like life. there's like a I, I call it my sacred golem or like my sacred shit. And my golem is sacred that part shit. of me that's just like, how could anybody love you? You're so disgusting. Ooh lock yourself in your bedroom for three days. And I drag my leg and I like go into the room. I'm like, ah. And there'll be times when I just, I slip into the stories of feeling inadequate, unworthy, unlovable, wind of rejection. Like there's, there's different pieces that happen. However, recognizing that we cannot have the light side of the moon without the dark side of the moon. And I'm here, I'm a stand here for taking the filters off and to allow people into the sacred shit as much as we allow people into the highlight reel. Because it's actually not the highlight reel that people feel connected to us by. It's our shadow. It's our challenge. It's our suffering that actually connects all of us. When there's a natural disaster and an earthquake, what do humans do? They come together. They take care of each other. They support the animals that need shelter. They, they bring families in and, and, and bring them into their homes. It's our suffering and it's our challenges that connect us as humanity. So there is a sacred purpose for it. Um, but we're so caught up in this realm of perfectionism, living from the outside in, living from this highlight reel on stories, and then and then yeah. feeling so disconnected from each other. Yeah, I want to hear your sacred shit, y'all. I want to hear what like keeps you awake at night. This psych like, challenge, yeah.
1: Oh my god, from uh, my sacred shit. Where I'm we think what would be my sacred shit? I think I just have a really hard time with guilt, and so I think I my ego wants to feel needed but it also attracts me constantly like in the helping energy and that i know it comes also from ego wanting to be needed feeling like i can help and whatever and i would i i'm learning to accept without needing to pay back and just receive i think my receive always comes with guilt or feeling i need to repay or or because if I feel like that when I give, that means that when, when I receive, that means that when I give, I must be expecting something. You know, if you can't, because it always works both ways. If you can't receive, can
0: you truly give? I don't I mean, think giving and receiving is the same energy. It's just yeah, like,
1: but like, so if I can't fully receive, to receive something, so thank you. Wow. Thank you. And without feeling like I need to repay or I'm uh, indebted. Right. Because if I feel that way, so when I give you something, I probably feel like you owe me now in a way. Right. Subconsciously. Right. So I'm really learning to just allow myself to receive and being like, I'm worthy of receiving without needing to pay back. And that makes me a better giver. Ironically. It's funny. Anyways, um, talk to me about Jim Keys, because I am manifesting you're going to come to Higher Self Academy and teach my queens the gene keys and how to use them to our advantage, like a ninja, so we can take over the world as the queens that we are, but with a little bit of help of some ancient wisdom. So.
0: <laughs> well, first of all, I'm not trying to take over the world by any stretch of the imagination. Well,
1: but I think energetically we should, like, we should, like, raise the vibration. It's happening as we speak, right?
0: Well, I feel like what's happening as you speak is that the collective consciousness is going through a massive shift and awake- an awakening that's happening. And if you want to see an example of that, just look around. All things, all relationships that are rooted in control, possessiveness, they're all crumbling. Uh, the way that we relate to love in general is completely crumbling. The way that we relate to ourselves, we're asking the deeper questions. We're getting really uncomfortable in our shadows. It's getting so loud and so uncomfortable that we're having to shift our narratives People that looked wacky 10 years ago and now all of a sudden the ones that are leading this movement, um, we are going through a massive planetary shift and mm-hmm. and there are purge buckets everywhere. People are really in it. All systems of control that are rooted in control or do not serve life are crumbling. Anything rotten at the foundation of life has to crumble by the nature of it. We're seeing it everywhere. The banking systems are going down over the next four years. It's going to get messy because this whole construct that is not actually supporting life and so many people feel so alone and so isolated, isolated suicide rates are through the roof. People are not actually happy for the most part. So the way that the systems are set up is not supporting life and it's yeah. going to crumble. and it's and it,
1: like I always like to think the suicide, the connection between suicide and the way the people don't want to live in this environment, right? So it feels like, they feel like the only way through is death, but the death is not to them. It's death to the system. Mm -hmm. And the, you know, the inside energy that they're ready to let go,
0: to step into something. I mean, the death is the part of them that relies on their identity on the system. Yeah. Like people's identities are so wrapped up with the system that anybody that kind of points left as opposed to right, they get like ostracized by the same society that is suffering from the system that created it. Yeah. Yeah. It's such an interesting dance that we're operating in, however. So
1: what is happening vibrationally? If you can just explain it a little more, like by, you know, in
0: 2027, is that like a big portal uh, for us when it comes to spirituality? So 2027 is the next planetary shift in consciousness. So 2012 was a half degree shift. 2027 is a full degree. So it's a twice as strong. And the shift in consciousness is is that we're evolving as species. We've come from, I mean, we had really barbaric past. Like, I was thinking about, like, the journey with Henry VIII. And he didn't like his wives. And he was like, I don't want to be married to her anymore. Yeah, I'll take her head off. Literally, <laughs> like, imagine Aggie and Jacob. And Jacob was like, you know what? I'm actually not vibing this relationship anymore. Aggie, I'm going to chop your head off. And everyone else was like, yeah, he's the king. It's like, wait. Humans did that that not that long ago. So we are evolving, even though it's easy to look around and be like, what are we doing? Humans are so dumb, jeez. But like, actually, if you look at the history of mankind, my head is still here. And, huh? My head is still here. Yeah, I mean, your head is still here. Jacob's still in the space. We're good. Everything's good. (laughs) We're not cheering his bad man. And also... Yeah, (laughs) we're done.
1: Oh. but to be fair it's also super weird for people that oh my ex is here or like my other ex was here earlier to set it up and it's like oh so weird exes should be hating on each other well, that's that's
0: super oh. last year that's so 1990 yo oh, come on we're this time it's not true love unless it lasts forever it doesn't matter what container it's in it doesn't matter what container it's in y'all love each other You love each other so much that you're actually willing to set each other free from the grasp of your expectations on each other so that you can actually live into a timeless, always evolving state of true freedom. And that's what it means to love each other. And so this is this is an essence of a new paradigm of loving. I don't believe it's true love if y'all break up and then all of a sudden you tell all your friends about how awful they are and you hate on them through subliminal messages on Instagram and you're reposting that thing and hopefully he's gonna see it or maybe his friends will see it or maybe I'll just block you so you're never gonna see it. Oh, this is drama around some sort of binary experience that someone's right and someone's wrong is so problematic. It's perception and perception. And recognizing what would it look like actually to just respect your perspective, even if it's not similar to mine. And I let you go because that's what love would do. Like, this is... We yeah, love it love is freedom, I just right? Know. It's not
1: a cage, right? Like, you can love Lily and put her in a cage or it can be like, go run, you know? And that's exactly what I'm doing to Jacob. Go run. Like, I don't want to keep you in a cage. But you also are, you know, some of the things that aren't honoring what I need,
0: mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like that, I mean, I definitely wouldn't be like, go run, downtown LA, off you go. <laughs> um, but I hear what you're saying. Yes, 100%. I think that, like, for example, if I'm, I'm going to use this because it's just an inanimate object that's sitting here. Um, old paradigm of love, I'm just grasping it. I'm holding it so tight. New paradigm of love, I'm holding this, but I'm holding it with an open palm. And it allows you to receive as well what would love do love men just want to feel free women just want to feel safe mm. we don't want the same things for the most part for the most part so yes we also want to feel by vice versa both of it however fundamentally women really open up when they feel safe mm. when they feel like their man has not got a wandering eye and is texting the woman on his instagram and sliding into her dms when she's not watching Women don't want to feel that; they want to feel safe in the relationship. Men want to be free; they want to be able to send that energy and be present with what's right in front of them and follow the highest excitement. They want to feel the sense of freedom. Now, I've noticed that when I have grasped to love, when I have grasped it with me entirely, my being, I've held onto it and I've created you so a possessive person. Have am so afraid? Why are you saying this and why are you texting this person? And I've, I've grasped onto it with white knuckles.
1: okay um okay (laughs) oh someone's dying
0: (laughs) the world is literally dissolving around us uh here comes the new paradigm (laughs) (laughs) you were just saying that like when you love somebody you were like "Mm -hmm." yeah so I've realized that when I when I love somebody so much and I'm so afraid of losing them and it's coming from a deep-seated unworthiness slash fear of rejection that is a deep core wound that didn't even start with them, I'm going to grab onto that relationship. I'm going to hold onto it tight. I'm going to infuse control. Now, if you were to look at a beautiful flower out in nature and you're like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. I love it so much. I'm going to pick it and take it home. Well, within a few hours, that flower is going to die and it's going to cease to be what made you found it so beautiful in the first place. And this is some sort of very distorted perspective that when we enter into a relationship with somebody else that we own them, it is impossible to own another being. This person is being given to you as a gift to highlight parts of your unconscious self so that you can actually be in the ultimate dojo of growth that exists, which is relationships. relationship. But this person is a gift and this person may not be around in five months time. This person may not be around in five minutes time. So can you actually just appreciate this person, not pick the flower and take some possessiveness of it, mm-hmm. but let the flower be what makes it so beautiful? It's a wild flower. And if it doesn't
1: resonate with your energy anymore, that's okay, let it be. Instead of like, no, change, I want you to be blue because I need blue right now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that
0: Actually. I, I can't blame you need needing blue right now. <laughs> I don't get my life through my
1: <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you have to understand that it's like, it's no one's fault. We love looking for fault that we no longer resonate or relate to each other. But it's like our vibe, we don't, we are vibrational beings. So the vibrations don't match
0: anymore. It just feels uncomfortable. You want to like get rid of it. It's like, oh, you don't feel good. And then we start resenting. We yeah. start resenting and having this underlying agitation towards our partner. It's just like, oh, why didn't you do the dishes? It's not about the dishes. It's yeah. The fact that I actually don't feel free or safe in your presence. It's not to deal with the dishes, but the dishes is going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back and all of a sudden we pop off and we get super frustrated by the other person.
1: Yeah, and you go to a therapy and it's like, hey, so next time, could you please do the dishes? And you see, it doesn't fucking work because it was never about the dishes. It was about, hey, I don't feel safe. And we also have put a lot of, we're going through different paths and there's no like breakup per se. It's just like our paths have taken a different route. And to be fair, I don't know if mine and Jacob's path will, you know, for good or maybe we we will reunite you know in a year or two like j-lo and ben affleck who knows you know it's a thing to go back to your exes but like you know what i mean it's a maybe it will work but where we were vibrationally just didn't fit anymore and it was no one's fault and like the moment i started like projecting the fault on somebody it's just made me upset and angry and and when i realized i'm like oh he's just being him and i'm being me and that these two energies don't resonate anymore. I'm like, okay, I'm sad and it fucking sucks. But
0: I mean, yeah, there's a mourning, right? Well, once there it was there, there's no longer there anymore. There's a morning of that position within our lives. And I think that that's really important that we feel that, that we feel the sadness, the grief, the mourning, the missing, the moments of like, oh my gosh, because grief goes in ways. It just hits us out of nowhere. It's like, oh, I'm crying and I'm feeling this emotion and it's presenting itself and it's coming up for me. Um, but it's, it's so important also to realize that it's a reminder that
1: as the relationship ends, nothing is forever. So it makes every moment of your life so much sweeter. I look at back at our photos and I'm like, the sweetness, so beautiful. And I was like, did I appreciate that moment enough for what it was? Because even when we go to that same place again, which we did, Oh, but we're different people. It feels very different. Like it was the sweetness of just like doing Grease for the first time, or you know whatever it might have been. But anyways, twenty twenty seven, rays of consciousness.
0: <laughs> I really want you to Talking talk about, about spin off on tangents. Yeah, <laughs> not distracted at all. Then that there it is, my double distraction. Um,
1: <laughs> double distraction. <laughs> huh?
0: What? I had a thought about
1: like double... Distraction. It is a double distraction.
0: <laughs> I got my double distractions right here. You are welcome. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm covering. I'm covering them with, with. Yeah, you are. My hair. Uh, we'll wait till the end of the podcast. You... Later. That's the uh, nightly edition called Blue Balls. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> the, uh, this podcast is new. I need the views. So please, <laughs> <laughs> a little clickbait here and there. Yeah. We're doing all right. I'm covering them. You're good. <laughs> okay, now you got me paranoid. All right. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, so the Gene Keys is a technology created by a man named Richard Rudd. He is our modern-day Merlin. He is a next-level wizard, like, straight-up wizard. And he... It talks about the shift in consciousness in 2012 and then the next shift in consciousness in 2027. And it's talking about how systems of control are going to crumble and are already crumbling. We're seeing it at our and center. Um, We've just got to open our eyes and see what's going on on that side. You see that all of these things that are just not working are crumbling. Um... And I have actually, um, I have an event in May, which I I invited you to, which is going to be a conversation between Richard Rudd and Zach Bush, Uh, Richard Rudd being the Merlin of prophecies and um, the stars and the I Ching and ancient civilizations and deep hermetic wisdom and combining his wisdom and his knowledge with Zach Bush, who is the leading doctor in biodynamic farming, the microbiome of our gut. uh, Yeah. He changed my life as a biohacker. Yeah, he's he's one of the most essential, sensational people I've met. And placing these two people together is going to be a revolutionary conversation around what it is that we can actually do. Yeah. So I'm going to be hosting it. Yeah, welcome. Yeah. Um, uh, what we can actually do to come together, because this is the time now. It's like the lone wolf is not going to work. It just doesn't work in this 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 shift that we're moving into. We've got to take care of the people that we love. We've got to take care of the people that were around. And we've got to come together and put up, bring our heads together and raw resources together to actually, mm-hmm. you know, start living off the land and stop relying so deeply on the system and um honoring the earth uh, and not just taking from her. Um and so it's an important conversation that is being had. But if you if you just want to feel into what is really happening, just look around. Yeah. Just you see it everywhere. And it's also really beautiful because there's some really important conversations being had by people that are really, really living heart-centered. You know, Zach, Zach Bush is he's a revolutionary man of our time and he is he's, he's his voice is getting out more and more. The world is ready for the message. The world is ready for empowerment. And everybody that has a piece of the puzzle that is actually going to shift the collective consciousness are coming out of the woodwork. And there's hundreds of thousands of them. And so um, it's really beautiful. And I, I have so much hope and so much excitement and so much faith in the direction of humanity um and i'm also yeah it's it's just it deeply enlaced in me and it's also a lot of work we've got a lot of work to do
1: yeah so back to gene keys so because a lot of people like whenever i bring it up it's a book basically that based on your birthday um you get to find out three things about you and i'll let you talk but a lot of people are confused between gene keys and human design and like what is it that gene keys do and how can they help us in planning our like full alignment Mm.
0: so the gene keys is a living transmission and a technology that breaks down based off of our astrology or like the moment of planetary alignment that we were born so the time the date the location um, of our birth our name at birth and it's cross-section with an ancient text called the I Ching And the I Ching is all 64 archetypes of the human experience. And it's a breakdown of your own unique signature of what you came here to bring. Um, What is your challenge and what is your superpower? And recognize your challenge, your superpower. So, well, it goes challenge, shadow, gift, and then your city, which is your enlightened aspect. The maximum amount of light is entering your DNA. So, we're like radio stations, we will tune into the frequency that we're emanating at. So when people are really bringing profound wisdom it's because they've aligned themselves with the frequency of authenticity and op- op- are hap- operating at a higher octave and therefore bringing information through their physical vessel that is going to illuminate and inspire other people. The beautiful thing about this is that it's available to everybody. It's available to everybody. If you are human and you are alive, then you have superpowers that only you can bring. But it's only through your curiosity and your willingness to face off with yourself and your willingness to take radical ownership for everything that you experience in your life, which is going to raise your frequency and therefore align you with a vibratory reality that is actually emanating or reflecting that that you are.
1: Always blue. What is it that you do with fluorescence? Mm.
0: So I'm the co-founder of a modern mystery school for women alongside my dear sister Reggie River who's one of the most remarkable, miraculous humans I've ever met. And... We have decided to create a space where everything that has ever supported us in the evolution of our consciousness is action-packed with that. So we call it creating a life of absolute magic. And it is erecting the um the pillars of the temple. So the pillars being for us it's the gene key wisdom and it's unlocking your own hologenetic profile based off of the moment you were born um and your DNA. Uh, it is understanding our relationship with m- money and shifting our relationship with it so it's from a scarcity trauma traumatized place into actually aligning us up with abundance it's learning to work with the elements and how to actually create an, a, an altar that is a portal space not just a place where you put your sparkly items and sit there and go now what but actually learning how to work with an altar in the sense of you are opening a portal a telephone box to the higher self a telephone box to that that cannot be named God that that sits behind the sun. Um, And we'd go on a journey of 40 days of devotion. So we activate the devotional path altogether. We work with um, learning the shift between performance and prayer and how to actually create art from a place of prayer, not performance. So we open ourselves up as what we call the hollow bone to allow uh, music to start flowing through us, poetry, spoken word, writings, um, and aligning ourselves as the creatrix that lies within all of us. is just dormant, waiting to be accessed. Um, we also have, for this specific round, we have uh, the Divine Masculine showing up as incredible teachers and guides for us. So we have Richard Rudd, the founder of the Jinky, Zach Bush, and Matthias the Stefano, who has two shows on Gaia, and he is a remarkable human um and so that's the and then we also have a sisterhood that is um we have hundreds of women from all over the world that are in our own social media where it is unscripted and we have marketplaces and meetups and workouts and places where women sell their their things and we have a store and you know, there's just so many beautiful things that you can access within that. And it's it's a global sisterhood that is just $11 a month to be accessible for everybody. And um, women can just come in from all over the world and, and to be able to be witnessed in a safe place because social media is not necessarily a safe place. You have all this courage. I'm going to share myself singing. I'm going to put it out there. Oh my gosh, I'm pressing post. It's going online. And all of a sudden, someone Joe blogs with 183 with no profile pictures, like, you suck. And they're like, oh my God, you're right, I suck. Oh my God, take it down, burn my house, I'm leaving. <laughs> like, just, like, this is essentially cutting like social media. People want
1: to appreciate my vulnerability. I'm going to open my heart and share my breakup. Oh my God, I never liked you he- anyways. Oh, Jacob's single now. I'm gonna DM him.
0: <laughs> it's like, why did I get the latest <laughs> comment. Talk about sister one right there. <laughs> That's hilarious. Someone said that. Yeah. Someone said, oh, he's single now. I'm gonna yeah. claim him.
1: Yeah. I DM him, but yeah. They
0: DM'd him? I don't know. Your DM? <laughs> <laughs> the DMs are like going in hot right now. That's hilarious. He's a strong, eligible bachelor.
1: <laughs> sure is. But it's so funny to like, like just like when you're in that most vulnerable state, I always think of like you hear you are like opening up your heart and someone comes and kicks right in. It's like, but
0: really? So that's so the thing. that's not what fluorescent is. Exactly. So <laughs> it's for women, um, specifically designed for women. And now it's not about saying that... Not eligible the, men. The, yeah, there's nothing about it towards men. But really what I believe is that um, when an empowered woman actually is in the presence of a man, she creates the incubator to turn him into a king. And so we need as many empowered women as possible so that they can actually be the wind in the sales of the men that are actually going from a prince to a king in their presence.
1: Beautiful. Yeah. If you can give me an advice of how I can switch between my masculine energy that is bringing me places and allowing me to build my kingdom, because in a way, that it is kingdom what I'm building. Uh, what would you say? What was your trick to be in my ma- healthy masculine and being able to switch to my feminine
0: so there's two lobes of the brain there's the left and the right lobes There's the masculine and the feminine lobe within our within our brain so when we say masculine or feminine it's not about man or woman it's about recognizing there's two different energies that run through us based off of the different lobes in our brain the awakened state is actually the pineal gland that sits right in the middle of both the the place that we are most aligned and most empowered is actually this androgynous nature that is a beautiful balance between our masculine and our feminine. I've shown up wearing a beautiful dress and I've got my hair done and I like float around. and made a, a video of myself on Instagram earlier of me twirling around in slow-mo and it's all like just feminine. But when I deliver a message, I deliver a message. When I build a business, I build a
1: Yeah, same. And I love it. I don't want to like give it up. And there was a part of me that was this movement of like stay in your feminine. I'm like, but I like my healthy masculine. It allows me
0: to like get my message out. The the future is not feminine. The future is not female. The future is integrated. What would it look like? If we actually just integrating both aspects of ourselves, and specifically also within men. Of like men reconnecting to their feminine, and not meaning that oh that's well gay. Like in England, like that like men men would say like what are you saying right now? Like what are you eating? what are you saying? <laughs> like. It's actually a man that is in touch with his emotions and in touch with his creativity and in touch with his empathy makes him to be a stronger man, actually. That's so true. There is a weakness when we suppress our emotions. And of course, there's no blame on any of, the, any of that because how many times have men heard, well, man up, don't be a pussy. Like all of this stuff that's been told since we were kids, men don't show their emotion. This is very problematic. This is very damaging. We need to have, we cannot get enough safe spaces for people to feel, to just be okay in feeling what it is that they need to feel. Men's work is so important. Brothers coming together and supporting each other and allowing them to break down, allowing them to feel, allowing them to be held. Also for women, we can't get enough safe spaces for women to feel their rage, to feel their anger. To go through a swamping session where they just go and let it all out. All the years of suppression, not just from them, but their mother and their mother's mother and their grandmother and their full matriarchal line. It ends with us and it ends with those that are willing to feel. Men and women and anyone, anyone else, no matter what you identify as. Feeling is the way to receive clarity around who it is that we are and what our next action steps are. And Peter Crone said to me once, our vibratory state is our contribution to the collective. So how we actually operate based off of our vibration in every moment is the contribution to the collective. And when we end the wars within our own mind, we will end the wars on planet." F-
1: Amen. And so I think, like I said, I love being my masculine, but I, the, the art is to switch fast enough. Like I, if I'm building my empire and I'm my masculine, I wanna go home and be my feminine like that. And sometimes I'm like, my head is still like processing. And so changing that state through, you know, a bath, uh, an altar, like smell, you know, and like basically cleansing that energy. And I know you talk a lot about cleansing energy. So I just want you to, for you to say that. Because I think it's really important when we switch between those energies and kind of like leave the masculine behind and letting ourselves be feminine.
0: So there's something that I like to live by that is my new mantra is in the past, because of the nature of my work, I've been projected the title or the archetype of a witch. And I don't identify with that archetype. That's not the archetype that I fully like lock in. Nothing against it, but also just it's not like my piece. However, I do resonate with I am that which is needed. And this is the art of the shapeshifter. This is to be that which is needed in every moment. Sometimes more masculine energy is that which is needed. When I'm having a tough call with the IRS and they're trying to get me because they audited me. This literally happened three days ago. And, and I'm like, well, actually, these are the facts. This is the structure. This is when I did this. This is what's needed in this moment is my masculine energy. Right. But then that which is needed later is a sister is crying right in front of me and I don't I don't need to give her feedback. I don't need to fix her. She just wants a safe space to feel. Well, now that which is needed is my feminine energy. An hour before I go to bed after I've been hustling all day, working on my laptop, giving all the calls, being on the podcast, doing all the things that which is needed so that my nervous system can rest so I can get a good eight hours sleep so I can be present for my day uh, next the day that's coming. Well is my feminine energy. So I'll bring the lights down low and I'll I'll sing some mantras or I'll sit with my sutra box and I'll sing or I'll I'll do some um some uh mantras with, with my prayer beads I'll put some incense down and I'll run a bath and I'll stretch and I'll rub my myself with lotion and because that is that which is needed. So this is what it means to listen to that which is needed and not listen with your ears, but listen with your body. Wow. That's so beautiful. Blue, I
1: love you. Where can people find you?
0: Well, my first instinct, and I got the inspiration from Zach Bush on this one, but where people can find me is just take <laughs> close your eyes and just feel into your heart. And that's where you'll probably find me. I'll be operating in your heart space. But <laughs> oh, outside of that, I uh, you can find me on Instagram. Um, I'm pretty active on there, at BLU of Earth um i'm also a host of a podcast we're now season three it's fully really rocking it's really doing very well i've got some remarkable guests so that's the deja blue podcast um we're almost 100 episodes in now um uh, oh. and all of my website blue um and yeah and fluorescence.earth that's the yeah. modern mystery school perfect thank you so
1: much blue